You are listening to Blockchain Beat. This episode was previously featured on the Blockchain PR podcast. Hi there, my name is Ana Paula Picasso and you are listening to the Blockchain PR podcast. This is my chat with Izahi Kanza, calling from sunny Tel Aviv. He is the CEO of FutureBlock, an Israel accelerator for promising blockchain startups. We talked about one of the success stories, the Spanish startup BidBath, and how hard it is to work with China. FutureBlock is also looking for partnerships in Sweden and Scandinavia. And if you want to know more about FutureBlock, I'll put the link in the description. I'm in Tel Aviv. Ah, okay. How's the weather like? What do you think? <laughs> I, I, well, probably lovely because, you know. It's very cold now. It's only 20 degrees. Nice. Yeah. Blue sky? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But we have a good time, you know. We can put your long sleeves, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's probably the same as Brazil. Yeah, because yeah, yeah same. Same idea. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was about Future Block. If you could explain what Future Block is, how it, how it started, what's your involvement with it. Okay, sure. So Future Block, uh, it's a process that uh, started uh, four years ago when we started to work uh, on uh, blockchain products. Uh, we are an Israeli-based uh, company or headquartered. So we started to work with a lot of startups because Israel is a startup country. And we find out that in contrary to other startups that really know what they're doing in blockchain, they really had a lot of missing things. Um, so it was a for sure technology product, but a lot of misunderstanding about the market because um, in order to test your product in a, or you know onboard new clients, partners, you know, uh, testers, ventures, whatever, you need to know these people and the people you knew before are not relevant. So we started to give more and more uh, advisory services to startups. And then the model changed and uh, we established FutureBlock. And the idea of FutureBlock is very simple. Um, it's a venture studio. So we pick uh, every few months a new blockchain startup. Uh, that we think that the team is good, we think the technology is good, and also we think that we can bring it, you know, uh, value. And then we make a planning phase, you know, to understand what they need, how they need, what we can do together. And when we start, we just give the startup everything. And everything, it means that what the startup needs to move into the next phase. So if it's very, very early stage, we invest uh, pre-seed, for sure, we do the technology and product. Even if they have technology and product guys, we assist them, we take a look, we improve, or you know, we, we add our teams into it so it becomes you know, faster and on time. Um, we assist with the business development, and from day one, we are planning the next phase. So if the next phase is uh, recruiting seed capital or, I don't know, uh, go to exchange, doesn't matter. From day one, we make this plan with a startup. So uh, if and when the startup reaches this phase, um, we can move on. So that's the idea for FutureBlock. Uh, just for you to, to figure out the numbers, we are currently having 
16 startups, one six. In all these three and a half years, uh, we had around uh, 30 or 20, around 30, you know, so 14, you know, were not successful. So you can figure out, you know, uh, we can really accept one in every three, four months. This wow. is our capacity wow. because it's a lot of energy. However, uh, we have around uh, 40 to 50 startups that we are, that are not part of, you know, a future block. But uh, let's say uh, they are partners or they are friends or they are startups that we cannot really give them the value as a venture studio, but we do promote them. Uh, because we believe they are good and we help them, you know, with uh, implementing their solutions mm -hmm. with uh, people we know, clients we know. So that's future block. Okay, okay. But uh, what's the criteria of to take a startup in? You said you have 16 right now, but uh, you're involved in another 30. And mm -hmm. why, what? What's the difference between them? What's the criteria to use mm -hmm. for you guys to accept and start yeah, sure. and incubate? So, Future Block is part of Titanium Group. Titanium Group, uh, uh, as a company, has around 100 uh, team members. Uh, we have uh, physical locations in Israel, in the Caribbean, in China. Uh, we have two R&D centers in East Europe. So the whole company is oriented, our group is oriented for technology product. Um, so Future Block is part of it, but uh, we have a lot of activity in front of, you know, uh, other companies, mostly uh, corporates or local government in China, uh, other projects that we are involved in as uh, partners. So for Future Block, if we really believe that we have huge you know, value to bring to the startup in the next six months, it's something that we can really see. And when I say value, I mean that I believe in six months, they can go to the next phase, you know, raise, you know, round A or I don't know, or seed capital, doesn't matter. Uh, so this is for, for us, you know, the, the criteria. But if a startup is already established and the only thing it needs is uh, better sales or, you know, more partners or uh, to go into another country or to implement it for example in our china you know activity so we don't really need to add them to the venture studio because they don't really need all the services they need uh, something very simple so that's the criteria and uh, can us. you can you tell me a success story one of your cases can you name names and so I can give you a few names, but you know, maybe we choose one of the uh, startups that we really are, you know, focused on right now. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a startup, it's a Spanish-based uh, startup called the uh, Bidipass. And what they do Sorry, is- Sorry, what's it called again? Bidipass, B-I-D-I-P-A-S-S, yes. Uh-huh, okay. And the idea for Bidipass is, uh, is this. It's uh, the whole, uh, um, architecture is based on a patent, but the implementation is very simple. Uh, it's uh, like a two-factor authentication. They do like multi-factor, but like two-factor authentication, but on blockchain. So today, the the, the regular solution for two-factor authentication is uh, Google Authenticator. So Google Authenticator, for example, let's say you have a you go to an exchange, crypto exchange, you put your username and password, this is first authentication. Then let's say you want to sell one Bitcoin, and then usually 
the exchange will make the second you know authentication it could be by sending sms or by you know calling you or by emailing you and by you know using google authenticator so the application of google authenticator is very simple when the the the, the uh, application is connected to the specific exchange it gives a six digit number that changes every few seconds so you go into your mobile look at the application you see number of six digit number and you just you know type it into the exchange you know to the website and this is the second authentication the flow in this uh, process is that uh, it's really not a friendly procedure you need to go to the mobile uh, look at six digits uh, put it inside and the second that there is nothing to do with what you're doing you know if you're selling one bitcoin or buying or whatever it doesn't matter so you can make a lot of mistakes uh, in this process and the third thing is that at the end the process you know it gives another layer but if there is a problem for example you said i didn't sell you know one bitcoin i sold 0 0.1 bitcoin nobody can really prove it so the idea with bd pass is that the same with better you know uh, security but you know same uh, product id however when you approve something as a, as a user you approve the specific you know uh, transaction shows so it's written you know in this time this day this is what i want to solve this is the exchange and when you approve you can approve it you know by uh, your finger you know by a lot of you know measures and then on the blockchain it's written you approve with your finger on this date and you saw this is there so when you come up or there is a problem or you're the, there's a complaint then the exchange can go and say you know look it's written or by a third party on the blockchain it is in a development in the last three years right. we went to market a few months ago and now uh, we registered it on uh, three exchanges already so i think it's uh, the, it, this is a project we like you know this is a process we like um in which for sure you know we are very deep involved but the other parties are very strong so for us is a product and a project that we really like so i'm guessing it has to be uh, it has to be a project you guys like and believe so i'm really curious because you contact me through linkedin you wanted to find a partner and mm -hmm. often partners partnerships in sweden mm -hmm. so what you're looking for because probably people are going to be hearing this podcast here in sweden looking yeah, for startups so, are you looking for yeah. investors actually we have uh, like i told you we have uh, three physical uh, branches for let's say sales or you know business mm -hmm. activity and two r d centers um, and we have partners in a few places in europe and in the us so for us a good partner is a partner that uh, we match or uh, the partner matches you know what we're looking for and with each one of our partners we have for sure it's a blockchain activity but you know slightly different uh, uh, activity because what we believe is that we need to match or complement uh, the activity done by the partner so for example right. in some places we have a partner that is let's say you know for example is an accelerator he needs a lot of assistance with his acceleration you know uh, uh, activity so we come up and match you know these needs and then you know after we match you know and there is you know uh, let's say win-win situation then 
we work on other things. So for example, startups that are coming to them and they're not really matching their you know, uh, acceleration program, we take a look, we sometimes you, we escort them, we assist them a little bit, you know, and sometimes they become ready and you know move to the next phase. So actually we are looking for uh, partners that in their uh, regular course of business, they need, you know, a partner that could match what they're doing. And then we have a lot of opportunities. So for sure, startups that are interesting for us or startups that already has a product and are looking, you know, to expand to other places or our startups that need, you know, maybe some activity in these uh, countries. But it all starts, you know, from understanding, you know, what the partner is doing and what his uh, first needs or interests. And then when there's a lot of, you know, um, uh, understanding uh, what the other party needs, we can come up, you know, with another uh, activity. So I can give you one example, you know, let's say our activity that started in the Caribbean. Uh, one of the partners there went to, you know, uh, to United Arab Emirates. And then we started to ask, okay, work with project, you know, from this place. So. It's a very global world, and um, it is. Yeah, it is, exactly. and then you know, Sweden and um, Stockholm, especially, is very um, is a has a big startup culture. Um, you know, I'm always in Stockholm. <clears throat> I think I mentioned to you I'm involved with the Swedish Blockchain Association. We trying mm-hmm. we are trying to get things off the ground. We had a little bit of a reshuffle. Sh- on the board before the summer and now we have a new board i'm part of the board and from january onwards we're trying to build a community try to bring the you know the swedish the swedish blockchain ecosystem together and yeah so be more than happy to help out in that in that sense as well you, really, i saw you coming to europe i saw you coming to europe uh, I think next week. Yeah, yeah, we're coming to Berlin uh, next week. We, we are attending, you know, we try to attend, you know, at least uh, exhibit in two, three, you know, conferences a year and mm-hmm. visit, you know, abroad more than more three, four, you know, so it's more or less reasonable. We are really looking now at uh, Berlin and, you know, Scandinavia. So Scott, Stockholm is a uh-huh. good, you know, place to, to take a look at. Because we are, we don't have really activity there, um, and we also look. We have activity in Singapore and Thailand, um, but we for sure in China. But China is a totally different story. So I leave China aside because it's really totally different what we do there. Um, there we How just. Do work you guys do there? Now you let me curious. <laughs> no, in China, we, in general, you know, uh-huh. although we have a lot of experience with China and we work with a few local companies, uh, one of them we do with them a, a payment solution and loyalty points on blockchain. Uh-huh. It's a mid-sized e-commerce company. And we also have in the north of China, in the capital of Henan province, uh, the capital called the Zhengzhou. It's a center uh-huh. for logistics. So we work there with, you know, uh, corporates and, lo- and, uh, and local government. We established this office, you know, uh, a year ago. And um, there is totally different because I really don't believe that uh, any Western uh, company can work with the Chinese startups. It's too much. It's too, 
way too much, you know, to really give them uh, any real value. It's, it's too much. So there we focus on this. But in Thailand, you know, in Singapore, mm-hmm. we really look uh, at this market. So we are looking to attend, you know, in, in uh, 2020, at least in conferences in Hong Kong and Singapore. Wow. Because I think it's a good, you know, uh, uh, outreach to, to this uh, market. There is, uh, from all the 16 startups, like I told you, um, for sure, you know, they are very close to us. One of them is a startup that we are a major shareholder. Uh, it's called Securer. And for us, Securer is the infrastructure. And this infrastructure we implemented on five different products. Um, and the idea is uh, pretty simple. The infrastructure for Securer meant to support uh, investors, companies, assets uh, on blockchain infrastructure. So, for example, one of the use cases that is uh, quite straightforward is uh, crowdfunding. But Mm -hmm. the crowdfunding is done on blockchain. So for sure, for the user, nobody can see that it's blockchain. But uh, we use blockchain and then issues of, you know, uh, relying on the data or, you know, seeing, you know, who came first. So you can see, you know, that everything went fine is done on blockchain. So this is first uh, product. Another product that for sure this security is doing is anything related to digital security offerings. And because we took a look at the infrastructure, so it's uh, white labeled, it's multi-tenant. So, for example, now we have a project with a company in Thailand, a real estate fund. Mm-hmm. So for them, we go together with them as their technology partner, but also, you know, consultancy. We regulate it under the Thailand law. And it will be, like I said, uh, under our partner's name and he can onboard as many uh, companies as he wants as many projects as he wants as many funds as he wants so the idea for for secure is to really be blockchain based but for example because it's infrastructure uh, it's implemented on a few different blockchain protocols so the partner can say okay i want to put you know secure on this or for example we have a cooperation with different, you know, uh, blockchain protocols. So the blockchain protocol said, look, guys, I have a great project, but I want the secure to run on my blockchain. And it's also fine. So we really work hard on really implementing this uh, infrastructure. So your strategy for Europe would be coming to Scandinavia. And do you have any plans to go to South America? I don't know if it's, very, it's a very attractive region. First of all, uh, Latin America is very interesting for many reasons. We work with the RSK from Argentina, actually, uh-huh. and we have a client from Argentina as well. Um, I speak Spanish, so this is at least, you know, lowers the barriers a little bit. Uh, Brazil is extremely attractive. However, I think... Um, in general, the, the, the two difficulties are, you know, language and also the different time zones. I have to admit, we didn't see a lot of, uh, let's say, in general, Latin American people or companies um, in places we attend. I guess, you know, one of the reasons is that, you know, Latin American people is very difficult for them to go to Europe. Exactly, you know, yeah. 
you know, it's very far away geographically. Yeah, exactly. And also, cost-wise, it's, it's quite exactly. expensive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's not an easy, let's say, effort. No. So no. I totally understand why um, people from America, in general, want to have, you know, solutions from America. It makes much more sense. It is, um, it is, yeah. You know, See well, how it goes. You never know. Never say exactly. never. No, we, we never say never. Actually, we had a discussion with the Colombian company a few weeks ago. Um, so there, there are, you know, a few things. Um, as you know better than I do, uh, Latin America changes really, really rapidly. So young guy speaks much better English than before. They are much more, you know, open to technologies. So yeah, I really yeah. believe in Latin America, you know, as a general, you know, place to that could really, really have a, a economic, let's say, growth. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Latin America has lots of potential. Um, even though Brazil, things with Brazil hasn't been so haven't been so great, very unstable in the last few years, but it has, still has is a big market and has a lot of potential. So thank you again. Thank you. Thanks Rani. a lot for your time. Um, and, um, you know, we keep in touch. You know. mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. And um, yeah, I'll put all the links on the description about future block. I will try to go in 2020 also to Scandinavia to a good blockchain, you know. Uh, yes, if, it's so seen, if there's something. I think April, they always have this thing called Demo Day. Okay. is um i sent you the link is very good for to meet startups it's yeah blockchain kind of like, or general sorry general blockchain general, general. there will be okay. probably be lots of interesting blockchain startups i was there last year i met mm. maybe three or four uh companies that use blockchain and so yeah so i sent you the it's link in uh, stockholm and it's in Stockholm, it's usually in April. Okay, okay. Cold demo day. April sounds good. Yeah. It's not too cold. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Okay, great. So uh, in any case, good luck, we know, with the Blockchain Association. We keep in touch, you know, uh, general February. Thanks for listening. The Blockchain PR podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and all the other podcast platforms.